Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. And this is Alex. Today we're going to uh, be talking about cultural differences, part two. Our part one was like 50 episodes ago, I think. Yes, part one was episode three, I believe. So this yeah. is the largest gap between a part one <laughs> and a part two. Kind of funny, we we took this long, but we realized we by no means went over all the cultural differences in that one short episode. And we probably won't again right now. And also we talk about cultural differences sometimes in our shuffles anyways, but we're doing it right now yeah. full on just so it's all consolidated into one place yes let's get the culture shock on okay and this episode is brought to you by you guys you guys who are listening to us yeah um, thank you so much yeah we we, we 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 got a few donations from uh, already from a bunch of you and uh yeah, we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, so it's unbelievable. Also really surprised, you know, so a very, very special shout out to Sam, Mike, Arthur, or Artur. Uh, yeah, could be. Could be German. I'm not sure. And also uh, Naomi, Scarlett, Torsten, Matthew, Venjun, or it could be uh, Venjun, sorry for mispronouncing that, Olivia, Kelsey, Sarah, um, my, my dad, and my mom. Thank you. And Linda, of course, for the wonderful donations that you guys sent today. Linda's my mom. Yeah, the the rest are not family. <laughs> the rest are not family members. Okay, but seriously, uh, you know, we let you guys know recently that we were having tough times producing the podcast because we've gone a long stretch without a sponsor, and usually we depend on our sponsors to help help us pay for our weekly costs of uh, running the podcast. But you all stepped in and, uh, God, you went above and beyond. There's really no way Alex or I could thank you other than no. just keep doing what we're doing, putting out good content, making some fun episodes for you guys. Every little bit helps. And, um, you know, we're in the process of trying to acquire a new sponsor. So hopefully yes. in the next week or two, we get something rolling. Um, but again, thank you so much, guys. I mean, what? Yeah, just we, we were shocked when these donations. Absolutely shocked. We really, really, uh, we really appreciate it. It's it's going to be really helpful for us, and it'll keep us going. And um, and also with the episode ideas you all you all send to, we we now have a bunch of stuff. We're going to keep going. We're, we're we're excited. We were we were doom and gloom, but now we're we're like the sunshine. Yeah, we're shiny. We're super shiny. Yes. Uh, another shout out to M M J M M J. Uh, and they gave us a nice uh, review on, on Apple Podcasts. So uh, thank you for that review. Really appreciate it. Yeah, really nice five-star review. Yeah. And uh, a quick uh, uh, apology to my mom. <laughs> so la last week, as you know, some of you probably know, we did a web or website. We did an episode about um, cultural identity. Two weeks ago, yeah. Sorry, two weeks ago. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're right. Two weeks ago. Yeah. This episode, you can't go into the whole thing of it, but this episode went a, a bit long, let's say, and we had to do, <laughs> we had to do, I think, the most editing we ever, or we just removed, had to remove huge chunks we out of it. We had to get rid of a lot of stuff, yeah. And in within the process, uh, I ended up removing a, a, like a two, three minute chunk when I was talking about how my fam, I'm half um, El Salvadorian and my mom is first generation um, immigrant in the U.S., I left that out, which is a pretty important thing to say. It is an important thing to say, but you know, it was like in the in the editing process, it just happened. And uh, afterwards, I realized what a stupid thing that was. So, and she, my mom, noticed. So, I'm very sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, I, I am not ashamed of my heritage at all. It, it just, it just, my my editing brain was on, and it. So, uh, I, sorry I, about that. I told him he didn't want to listen to me. Mm. That's not true. Um, and other uh, odds and ends and news. Some of you may know last year Berlin introduced a new law 
called the Mietendeckel. And it's just try to try to solve the problem of increased housing costs in the capital. Um, so pretty much what it did, it initiated a five-year rent freeze and introduced a cap on most apartments in the city, which drastically reduced the rent of most apartments between 50 and 250 euros per month. Yeah, uh, some people had their rent dropped significantly, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like my rent dropped and yours dropped. A bunch of our friends all dropped. Um, however, economic researchers have found that the Mietendeckel has a negative side and it's actually caused the rent market in Berlin to be reduced by half. So like Ouch. there's half the apartments even available now, I guess. And due to the new regulations, the number of rental apartments on the market dropped by 57%. So that's no bueno. So it's a really that's huge. So it wound it, up being kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah, people loved it because it dropped the prices of rent. But now there's half of the options that there were before. Right. So anybody who is new to the city or anybody who lives in Berlin and it's just time to upgrade to a new apartment. It's going to it, be difficult. It's I actually going to be very difficult to find, yeah. a, especially now that all the apartments are very affordable and there's less of them. So it's, um, it's created a problem. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super interesting. Um, cause I guess it's one of those economic problems where, what do you do? Rent is too high. You want to reduce it, but then all of a sudden there's less apartments available and you're creating a whole new problem. So, yeah, I mean, they, they might've rushed the law and not really thought out the consequences of it so mm. but again, again we'll see this law it actually it's it's up for challenge in the court so it might go away in a, in a few months but who knows what yeah. the future will bring we will see in corona news which is unfortunately the never-ending segment it's a of never-ending topic uh corona regulations i wouldn't say due to be relaxed but hopefully relaxed yes if chancellor merkel gets her way today she's meeting with state leaders um in hopes to slowly start bringing life back to normal if her, if her plan is approved starting Monday, which would be uh, March 8th, so... After this episode, before this episode comes out. Yeah, a couple of days yeah. before the episode comes out, uh, people will again be able to meet with a total of five people from two households. Now, currently, you can immediately meet with one other person from another household. You know, right. That's why Alex can be here. He is the extra household and he is the one person. But it'll open it up again. So, hey, Alex's girlfriend can join us uh, if she wants to uh, again. Um, that would be starting Monday if it gets approved. And she also plans on extending the current lockdown in mostly its current form to uh, March 28th. So not m much of a huge change. It look, looks like we're going to be getting a lot of really small increment changes over time. Maybe by June, July, we'll be at a normal-ish Hopefully. Level. I mean, they're, they're also trying to um, really spread out these. They're, they're trying to get the vaccines out a lot more, too. They've been very 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 slow in the whole rollout mm -hmm. i think only five percent of the country has been vaccinated it's really really slow it's really all, sad all the other countries yeah um but for they just moved teachers and um educators up to uh like class two so group i two. group two so i should be getting my vaccine in the next few weeks hopefully so that would be amazing that's very exciting yeah and again because my girlfriend's also a teacher so if she at least has a the vaccine it's helping me as well because i know yeah for sure because right now you know uh, any person who works at a school, you're worried about like, oh, I have 20 kids that could possibly give me something. Not, right. just, not just Corona, but anything. Anything. Oh, yeah. A lot of things. And as the <laughs> boyfriend of somebody who works there, I am now susceptible <laughs> to these same things, even though I do not work at a, at a and, school. And, and, and luckily, our school is uh, getting us tested every Monday. Yeah. So you guys are so constantly really nice. tested. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So the, I think the key is what the government is saying, like, we need to get rapid tests out there so people can be tested, test at home, just test in general, and that'll dr drop the numbers down if people know right away that they have corona or and, not. And, and that was also part of the thing, too. They said maybe they will start opening up restaurants in in states that have a low 
per 1,000 or 100,000 rate, but it might be required to like go to a restaurant, for example, to have a rapid test and show them that you're negative. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do this. They also talked about maybe getting a vaccine passport. A vaccine passport, exactly, sure. so you can travel. It's going to be very interesting to see the next few months um, play out. Either way, the, the, the nice weather is coming. I'm hoping we can meet up and and be safe, and you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, th- I think there is light at the end of the tunnel. Fingers are crossed. You know yes. what I just realized? Anybody listening to any of these episodes in like a year or two is going to be so bored by all this Corona talk because it true. Will, it'll be so not relevant at all. That's true. So mm. I, I, if you're listening to this years from now, I apologize. If it's 2024, or they'll be like, oh, it was so good back then. <laughs> oh, they don't even know how bad it's going to get. <laughs> oh, anyways, moving on. So how, um, how have you been these these wonderful seven days yeah, that have gone I've, by? I, I've been all right. Uh, the weather was pretty nice on... Um, on Saturday, you and I together went to an abandoned um, Flugplatz, so uh, an airfield. We did, um, which yeah, is really cool. We did some urbexing, which it had, yes. it had been a while since we Long had done time. that, and uh, I, I forgot how much I enjoy it. It's really yeah. fun. I love exploring. Man. I love exploring yeah. and like seeing old things. Like, what did they use that for? I took a lot of great photos. Uh, some of the I took a, one of my favorite photos I've ever taken in my life there, as abandoned basketball court. In, okay, it'll um, it'll be look to or agdwpodcast.com yes. go to the uh, extras section you will see this amazing photo he's talking about <laughs> I'm pretty jazzed up on it maybe Ju- you guys judge like him it, but... at will yeah <laughs> I like it um, but yeah and then tomorrow I'm going in to finally get my permanent visa yes I got my appointment made back in December I saw the documents voice, man? I know right were I got... you screaming at a concert last night or what's going on <laughs> I sent my documents in October got my appointment in December for tomorrow and if all goes well uh i will be here unlimited i will need no more visas i'll pretty much be like a citizen except for that i can't vote yeah yeah literally nothing changes except for the fact that you don't have to go back and to renew anything and i think i get a card which is pretty cool they hand it out sparingly yeah it's weird but yeah so i'm I'm, I'm very excited for this Um, what a crazy journey though october to february what is that i mean yeah and i think i sent my documents in via post and i heard nothing back and then I emailed them with a contact form, nothing back. Even when they went to the contact form, nothing back. And then I found another email address, emailed them with my forms, and they finally messaged me back. So I don't know if they messaged me from the last email, from the first documents. I really don't know what it came from. But either way, I have my appointment. They have my documents. I'm bringing in the extra ones. And hopefully tomorrow I'll be walking out as a person with a unlimited visa. I've been working towards this for a long time. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, too. Uh, so anybody who's going through this process as well, do not be concerned. During Corona, this whole it process is taking forever. Yeah, so. you're Anyways, not alone. Moving yeah. on. Let's see what we're, <laughs> we're drinking with our whiskey. So um, today we, we went back to our <laughs> are we little are we little bottles? Yeah. So we've we've had a little bit of a funding uh, crisis here. So uh, we, we have <laughs> we have the little bottles you would see like in a mini fridge in a hotel, basically. Yes. This is a Paul John Indian single malt whiskey. 55.5% peated select cast non-chilled filter. Now, when I bought it, the guy warned me. He said, as, as you may know, uh, the average for whiskey is around 45%. Right. This is 55%. Uh, but well, he said, good thing. We have little bottles. Yes. And I will read the back for you if I can because it's so small. Del- oh, my. You know what? Nope. It's too small. I can't read that. Uh, you're not going to pop today because we both have these little bottles. So let's... Uh, this is the first time I've poured a whiskey myself on the show in a year or so. Should I, should I pour it for you anyways? Let me let me do it while it lasts. Like the novelty of it. Here yeah, we go. There we go. I can't open it. There we go. 
There it is. Okay. okay, that's anticlimactic. So we have to make sure to spare this so we can actually do the review at the end too. Mine wasn't coming off. Okay, I got a little sip and a little bit more for, for the review. Okay, sorry, mine's not coming off. <laughs> no, no, sorry, my I, I, like literally the cap is not coming off. Oh, good. <laughs> stand, stand by, everybody. Just really struggling here. Okay, you here got, we go. there, there it is. Nice, well Ooh, done. Okay, I earned this. Here we go. So I, I poured myself a little bit and it saved some nah, more for the end. I'm doing half. Yeah, yeah. Just leave that. Just that that's what I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, right. uh, uh, pouring sound. Glug. Mm. Smells good. Smoky. Cheers. Cheers. Again, from the country of India. India. That is, a, that is very smoky. That's also very strong. You can taste that. And fifty-five percent strong. <laughs> Ooh, that'll put that'll put hair in your chest. Oh man. That's a that's a burn. That's a I can feel that burn down in my intestines. It tastes like like my my first whiskey ever had. You know what I mean? Mm. Everything I just said, I don't mean that like in a negative way. No, no, no. Um, it's just it, it it slaps you in the face. Like it's a, you're not gonna drink this while uh, you've just woken up from a nap, or if you want to wake up from a nap, drink I, this. It, it'll wake you up in the morning for sure. Interesting. Cool. Oh, mama. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that's an Indian. Throughout this discussion, you'll probably hear every time we take a sip because you'll hear us going. Whoa, whoa. Um, anyways, that's an Indian whiskey, which is culturally different than a Scotch whiskey, which is a great transition to our topic, which is cultural differences. <laughs> oh, wow. Woo. That is a transition. That was yeah. a stretch. We are cooking with gas, baby. We, we, we're, we're, we're on full cylinders right now. We're all jacked up. Um, okay, Jeff, we're, we're, we're just going to go like we usually do, kind of like in a shuffle type format. We have a bunch of stuff written down. Their own list, yeah. And we're just going to um, These are, you know, them. in case you don't aren't aware of our first cultural differences episode, basically we're explaining, we're, we're going to talk about a subject and how that subject is, or thing is different. Yeah. U.S. versus Germany. We, we're not, we can't compare to the U.K. or anywhere else. This is U.S. versus Germany. And you have the first one, cultural difference, is yes. the, the most obvious, I think, oh. which is eating pizza. Eating pizza. All of you are like, how would that be different? Are they square in Germany? Sometimes. Um, Okay, well, that's... Okay, but yeah, move on. <laughs> they're sometimes square. I mean. Sure, they're also square in the U.S. sometimes, too. Anyway, <laughs> bad example. No, but what are, we, what are we talking about here? What is the I, difference? I, I, the, the, the difference is, is um, I think Americans will eat more food with their hands. And like a hot dog, a pizza. Mm. If you're Buddy the Elf, spaghetti. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Germans, I, I noticed this is the first time I went out to like a nice pizza place. Some people, they're just cutting their pizza... Or like a hamburger with their fork and knife eating it like it's a cake or something. Yeah, burgers and pizza, which in the U.S. you would never, like, you would go look at that, look at that asshole over there. cutting it's wacko. His, yeah, look at that wacko, exactly. Um, look at that guy, he must be some rich, snobby billionaire, you know. And I had explained to my girlfriend, like, the other day we were eating pizza and she was eating with a knife or fork. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, what are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> I was just like, Germans don't wouldn't eat with their hands. I was like, why not? It, it has a handle. Like that's what the, the crust's for. Like, why would you not? That that's half the fun of eating pizza. Yeah, some of it's so, uh, like, what's what's the word? Soggy and wet that like, you gotta roll it up and eat it with your hand. Like you couldn't. Yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. It's, it's, Especially it's, because the pizza here is um, a lot of times like more authentic Italian style, which is very thin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, ha- so it has no, it, it has no like, backbone. Yeah, yeah. You, which is obviously harder to hold. But you know, you can split it in half. You use but two yeah, hands. You, you roll it. Whatever. Roll it. Whatever you gotta do. But when you cut it, it's kind of bizarre because it's so thin. It's weird to cut. And you know, cutting on a 
pizza box that's cardboard just goes right through it it's yeah just, I, I, I don't you, get it you have to transfer it from now to a plate and now you have an extra thing and just, the, the pizza didn't really i wasn't going crazy about that but what really made me surprised is seeing people eating burgers like that that i find it's a burger you, that's you, blast, you, blasphemy at most you cut it in half and you pick that guy up if it's one of these big boys that just like are and, and mondo burger and i think once anthony bourdain said like if if you cannot fit it in your mouth and physically eat it in your hands, then it is not a burger. And I agree. Like, cause yeah, there's totally. just some burgers that have like 50 ingredients and too much stuff, and you have to you have yeah, to cut I'm, it in half. I'm, then I'm it's not, not a fan of those burgers. It's not no. a burger. That's just yeah. That's just obnoxious. Yeah, exactly. A burger no. should be simple. It's a self-contained meal. It is a sandwich in a you know. Yeah, a burger is a sandwich. Exactly. But it's a hot dog a sandwich. So anyway, so in Germany, there are these foods that randomly Germans prefer. I, and again. It's, some Germans, of course, have switched, but I would say, yeah. you know, 75%. It's just something that, that you do notice when you're out. Um, that was a little bit of a, a bit of a shock. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Next one, Jeff. The next one, and we might have mentioned this before, and I did a little research into this. It, it only started in the past, like, 20, 25 years, right? Okay. And, and it, it, it's this thing of German men are being taught by German society mm. to sit down while peeing. Okay. I looked it up. It's about 60% of German men sit down while every time they pee, Yeah. which to me, it's like, no, I, I have the ability to stand. It's much faster. That's what urinals are for. I'm not going to have people. To, and, and the fun thing is I've, and I've had situations where you go into somebody's house and they actually tell you, please sit down while you're, while you're peeing. Yes. And I don't like to be told what to do in the bathroom. I'm Fair sorry. enough. I, I'm not going to shame anybody for sitting down when they pee. Uh, it makes a lot of practical sense. It's cleaner, less splash. You don't have to worry about aiming. So I, some people like doing that. I get it. So I'm not going to shame anybody, but coming from America where I don't think anybody, I don't think I'm anybody in the States would sit when they pee. No, maybe you're old or there's, I'm not, but it's just to be told, I don't know. I find it very bizarre when I, when I heard somebody told me, oh no, uh, most German men sit down when they pee. And I was like, no, they don't. And then I looked it up uh, <laughs> yeah, a few, it's, a few it's years ago. A thing. It is a thing, you know, and I once had, when I was picking up a friend, from his office late at night. So everyone was gone except for him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to use the bathroom really quick. And as I was going in, he, even he said, oh, can you sit down? And I'm like, what? Can you sit down when you pee? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, you're telling me how to pee? I was like, just because that, I'm going to stand up even more. Like, <laughs> it's, it's even possible. I'm going to stand higher. I'm going to stand on my tippy toes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's, it's definitely, uh, that was definitely a bit, a bit shocking when I learned that. But again, to each their own. But um, please, yeah, don't don't tell me how to, how to pee pee. Yeah. It's a private thing. That's my own private time. That's Alex time. What's next? The next one is more for the American side, which is, of course, the very, I think, saying that everyone hears in the States, which is bigger is better. And it, that is like really 100,000% true. Everything in the States is bigger and everything here is smaller. That's just how it is. Yeah. I think that's one of the, I think if you have to make a list of the top 10 most obvious cultural differences, this is probably it because it's, it, it's, it's cars. It's it's even things like you buy at the store here. If you go to the supermarket and you buy a package of uh, toilet paper, yeah, the biggest you're going to get is eight rolls. Right in the states, it comes in a twenty roll pack, and I've seen, even seen bigger. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. here packs of beer are smaller. Everything's smaller because apartments and homes are smaller. Here they don't they don't have the vast amount of closets and space and well, they don't have space. closets yeah. kind of at all. At all, yeah. closets don't exist. And also, like even even apartment sizes or house sizes. So I was just I was talking to my buddy last week, and uh, we were um, FaceTiming, and he was talking about his, his apartment that he lives in. He says, "I want I want to move. You know, it's it's pretty small." And he was showing me around. I was like, "Look at this! Like this living room is so small. Cause this kitchen." I was like, "Dude, 
I just the place that I just bought is like way smaller than what you're showing me. Like, yeah. Your place is enormous. And he's like, Oh yeah, I guess so. I was like, Yeah, for American standards, it's definitely small. But for European standards, like that's a decent sized place. Yeah. And it's it's so funny because when I first moved here too, I kind of realized how can people live in these tiny apartments? But then I kind of also learned like, I don't really need more. Like I got a living room, got a kitchen, got a bedroom. Yeah, you figure it out. And I don't also, need all this space. When, kinda, you, when you go shopping, you just buy a lot. You just go shopping more often and you buy less when you do it. And, right. Um, but yeah, bigger is, I mean, good Lord, where I grew up in California, there are pickup trucks that Oh my gosh! Europe, Europeans would not understand. I mean, I, like I, I think three times the size of the largest truck. In Berlin, if you even see a pickup exactly, truck, I was about to say this in exactly. general, it's a rare thing. In like, no matter what the size even, or brand, even in the the countryside, I don't see many pickup trucks. I think no. in seven years, I probably seen like seven pickup trucks, like once a year. Because they're, they're too even the small ones are too big. There's nowhere yeah. to, nowhere to park them. It, and the most not, common one would be like the Ford Ranger, which is like the tiniest one in the states. Absolutely, you yeah. know, for sure. And like smart cars everywhere, Mini Coopers everywhere. Um, Renault and all these other European car manufacturers make these tiny little cars. They make way yeah. more sense for the city. And there's hatchbacks everywhere. I, I mean, hatchbacks everywhere. Yeah, True. Sedans. It, yeah, you'll see them. But hatchbacks are like the go-to car for exactly, sure. Exactly, because they're just smaller. They're more compact. Um, but yeah, it's bigger is better there, and smaller is better here. Right? Yeah. And I don't think one's better better than the other. Just well, the U.S. just in terms of land mass is just enormous compared to Europe so and there's so much just unused space in in the US yeah and I think people don't understand that like when they travel around they go on a road trip to the US and they just see so many empty fields and and because in Europe you would not waste all that space you know what I mean I mean and also like I mean to be fair Germany has a lot of free space too like most of Germany's farmland in between the cities no I don't mean like that but I mean like there's entire states where there's like three people that live there. Yes, you know exactly. I mean? And Germans do not understand that at all. <clears throat> and also in terms of like trucks and bigger cars, um, you know, America has been at war for years to have really cheap oil. So people are paying nothing for, for, um, for gas where in Germany or in Europe, it's very expensive. So of course you're not going to get a car that has 13 miles a gallon because plus the emission standards are better in, in Europe. Also true. Yes. So they have to make smart, smaller cars that get better gas mileage are not as polluting as much as mm-hmm. a, a, American, but, but the American standards are slowly meeting are, are true, which are is good. Reaching is good. European standards. So yes. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely one. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure we could talk about bigger, for many things. The only thing that is bigger in Germany is the size of their beers. True. Yes. Well, you know, they focus on what's important. That, that, those are the important things. And the size of schnitzel. Yeah. Also big. But we've talked about that. So. Yes. Um, another one. I'll say it. <laughs> oh, oh, did you want me to say it? So uh, we, we, we mentioned restaurants in our first cultural difference episode, but there's mm-hmm. one, one key thing we missed. And this cultural difference is in the U.S., on average... Not all the time, but on average, you you walk into a restaurant, immediately in front of you, there'll be like a little like podium, a, ho- a hostess stand. It says, please wait to be seated. Yeah. And you have to stand there and you almost always in restaurants in the U.S. have to have somebody show you where you're going to be sitting. Right. Whereas in Europe, usually you walk in and you just seat wherever you want. And this is, and there's a few fancy places where they seat you, but yeah, I'd say but on average, though, ninety percent of the time, you just kind of walk into a restaurant and sit down, and then eventually, sometimes too long, somebody finally comes. Someone will finally see you, and yeah. if not, you'd be like, "Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm over here." Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's kind of cool actually. The first you know few times we went up for restaurants here, I found it really bizarre where I you know went with the friends to the restaurant and they just walk in and sit down. I'm like, well, "How do we know this table's free? What if it's reserved?" 
Like, will there be? <laughs> You're like freaking out. I was well, freaking out. I was well, like, guys, what? Where, where's the hostess? <laughs> now, or you, the host? You were a waiter back in Rhode Island, but were you mm. ever a a host? A host? Yes, I was um, a few times. Not as a main job, but like if someone was sick or whatever, I would fill in. So I'd have to be like, you know, welcome to whatever restaurant. And how exactly? Did you determine what would be the optimum next table to fill? Uh, I had to do a lot with um, who was working what sections. So if someone just got a section of a four top of four people at a table, uh, yeah. I try to move some th- the next co- um, party into a different section. Out of fairness. so Out of fairness the for the servers. Split, yeah. Unless they're like, we really want a window seat. And I'm like, all right, well, you get what you want because you're the customer. So yeah, it was kind of determined like that. And so like working restaurants, I kind of knew some tables need to be saved or whatever. So coming here and just walking and picking a table, like we own the place, you know, I found it very, very interesting. We do own the place now. Um, now this next one, Alex, a question about down under. Well, what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, we're talking about circumcision, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> and you at home might be saying, why are we talking about <laughs> circumcision? And, and and us sitting here are also thinking, why are we talking about circumcision? I do not remember putting this down in this episode, but hey, we're rolling with it. But it is a huge cultural difference, so we cannot not bring it up. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of Americans know this, but most of the world is uncircumcised. Whereas it is the standard in the U.S. Right. to be circumcised. Yeah, And the reason is, um, you can look this up, this is a true fact was the cereal company Kellogg's. Mr. Kellogg was a super hardcore Christian and wanted young boys to stop masturbating. So he created this whole thing of saying that circumcision will stop your son from masturbating and became like a huge cultural thing. Bizarre. Right. I mean, it also has to do with hygiene as well. Yes, but that's also kind of a more or less a myth. Well, it's not a myth. Like if you're, there's less uh, nooks and crannies for things to get stuck into. Yes, yeah, sure. I but mean, but a lot of Americans, we talk to Americans like, oh yeah, because you're uncircumcised, it's dirty and you're full of like. No, I, I'm not I'm not saying people who aren't circumcised are dirty. I'm yeah, just saying okay. like, there is just physically less play. I'm we're going away too much detail now. We're going away too much um, detail. Anyways. But, but <laughs> the long story is that the average German is uncircumcised and. Average world person is uncircumcised. Yeah, yeah. average European, whereas the average American is circumcised. Right. So, um, but it's a cultural difference that um, uh, only certain people will uh, realize True. Uh, after a successful date. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to a more <laughs> to, to a more classy um, topic, which is prostitution, Jeff. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mom, I love you. I'm so sorry we're talking about all of this. I don't know how we put these two next to each other. Usually we check these lists beforehand and we, we like we spread things out, but we did not on this. We thing. didn't do that today. Um, prostitution. Now, uh, why bring this up? Well, again, huge thing. Prostitution, as you might know, is um, on the illegal side in the U.S., except for a few random places in Nevada, Nevada. I think, yeah. But in general, 99.9% of the time, prostitution is a, a dirty backstreet kind of a thing, a legal thing in the U.S., right. Whereas in uh, Germany, it is as legal as apple pie, and there are brothels on every not every street corner, but you know, uh, pretty readily available, and yep. and the and the prostitutes are taxed, and it's a very normal thing. It doesn't have the stigma that it does in the U.S. Right. The um, the prostitutes do get uh, health checks as well. They get they have to pay taxes. Uh, during Corona, it was even on like the Berlin website saying prostitution right now is shut down because of Corona. Yeah. So the these uh, workers are mm. hurting because like literally for a year. They have, that's I mean that's their source of income, right? So, I mean. And it's not to say that it is super. It's still, it's still not considered a super glorious job. A lot of people who are in it is a difficult situation for them. Some people want to do it, of course, 
Um, but it's, it's, it's much more nuanced here than it is, I would say, in the States because it is just 100% prohibited, which makes it more dangerous and leads to a lot more crime and STDs and all these other, you know, terrible things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a good thing that it is legal because it keeps things safe, keeps people... Again, like um, you said, they get health checks. Yeah. Um, there's less chance for, um, you know, people to be taken advantage of, you yes. know, because it's, because it's, because it's, it's not this taboo thing. Like right now, if a, a prostitute, prostitute or a escort has a problem, she's not afraid to go to the police about it. Right. Whereas exactly. in the States you are, right? So, um, like there's a brothel uh, on my street, actually. Walk by it every day. There you go. Yeah. There it is. And it's just, it's just there. Not to say it's the most fancy place in the world. It's still pretty dingy looking, but it's there. Mm. But uh, I don't know. How, how do you know it's fancy or not? True. I've not been inside. Mm. Good, mm. good good, cover up. I'll have to ring one of those doorbells. It's like a doorbell outside the ring to get in. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. So that, that's that's something that, that's actually pretty interesting. Uh, you can read a whole lot about that. Uh, you get a lot of interesting uh, articles and stuff. Sure. Be careful what you Google because uh, it might get more pictures than articles. <laughs> uh, next one, Jeff Ree. Now, this cultural difference... I, I, First, I have to say the American side of things. So usually in, in the States, you finish your meal, you haphazardly take your napkin, your fork, your spoon, whatever, you throw it on your plate. Right. The, the waitress comes, she says, oh, did you enjoy everything? The waitress or waiter comes, say, I, yeah, it was great, or whatever, what have you. Yeah. That, that's kind of the extent of it. Yeah. But in, uh, this is Germany, and I believe it's also in other parts. I think it's in Austria I, I, I as well. I think it's other parts of Europe as well, yeah. So when you finish your... And I'm going to fight people on this because I've never actually seen it happen. And I've lived here nine years. So take the take. But what I'm told by Alex is, what, what are you telling me? That I think I mean, what happens? I, I see it all the time. So I don't okay. think you're, I think okay. you're not paying attention. But, but explain to me what you've seen. So, so pretty much, because I learned this when I moved here. The etiquette is um, if you're done with your meal, you put your fork and your knife at, if you have like, you know, a, a circular plate at around five o'clock, like say that it's uh 525 oh my god okay you put it like at that angle so i thought it was just you had to put them parallel but now you have to put them at a specific angle it's at this angle and then that shows the the waiter waitress that you are finished with your meal and they'll come take your plate away and then also i guess i've also heard this too you put an x if you didn't enjoy your meal i've never seen that before but the angle thing i've seen it a million times and now i do it instinctively okay i've never seen it never done it never want to well jeff's not a very fancy guy so (laughs) To us classy people, Jeff. So uh, there might have been several restaurants that thought I hated the meal because uh, I think often, just out of, I don't know, if I play with my knife and fork, I, I put them as an X. So. Yeah, sure. Um, but anyways, <laughs> he says it happens. My girlfriend says it happens. But just so you guys know, never seen it. But it happens. So, But if I've never seen it, it's not like 99% of people doing it. It's some people do it. Most people do it. Okay. <laughs> Let's agree to disagree on that. Okay. Uh, next one is water fountains, or as we say in Rhode Island, bubblers. Talking about like the, the drinking fountains. Right? What? It's called bubblers? Yeah, in, in Rhode Island we call it a bubbler. Get a bubbler. Like, where's, where's the bubbler? What? Yeah. But it's it's not even um, it's not even bubbly water. It's just normal water. Yeah, but the water kind of bubbles up, I guess. I don't know. That's what we call it. I don't it know, It doesn't, man. though. It just squirts out in a stream. Man, I don't. What do you want me to tell you? This, this is what we call it in Rhode Island. Bubbler. Bubbler. Yeah. Okay. I think some parts of Massachusetts as well. Okay. Anyway, so he's talking. Anyways. We, we, okay. So talk about your weird bubblers. Okay. So uh, <laughs> what, what, water fountains or drinking fountains? Uh, we notice in like in the states, um, especially in like government buildings or like shopping malls or public places, parks, they're kind of like everywhere. You see them a lot. 
Yeah, and true. In Germany, they're not really anywhere. I, I've well, seen not true. here I, and there. I, I've see, I would say I've seen them. I, I would say there's less. I, would, there's, yeah. I wouldn't say they're not anywhere. I mean, it's like, yeah, they, they, it's not that they don't exist, but it's not like as big part of the culture. Because I remember in the States, no matter where you go, especially in high school and stuff like this, and you're not thirsty, you just walk down the hall, go to the bubbler, drink your water, you know, fill up your water bottle. Yeah. This is not a thing here. It, it, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Yeah, like a, a, any kind of movie theater, restaurant, um, park. Yeah, you go to the DMV, which is where you're going to register your car or whatever. Like there's just always, but I think it's because it's, it's, there must be some sort of a law where you have to provide hydration. I think there must be something about that because I don't think they're doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. I mean, there must be because America does love to have, you know, always water at restaurants and things like this. We, we're, which, which I agree with all this. Yeah, I, I agree with it. Like America are hydro homies. It's great. Yeah, because in, in Germany, especially in summer, I'm always packing two, three bottles of water, like especially if we're going on like a cycle or something because I know that there's going to be a definite lack of, like you, you cannot uh, expect there to be water, water fountain. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a fun little one, I guess. Um, next one, another restaurant related one again is... Oh, true. Is in, which you actually might find shocking, especially if you're like a germaphobe type person, is that dogs are allowed in most restaurants and cafes? Yeah, I mean, I mean, dogs are allowed in um, most interior spaces in general. You yeah, know, like, it's, it's it's not even like a dogs allowed sign. It's kind of like the that's the given. And if dogs aren't allowed, there'll be a sign. You can't bring them to a grocery store. You can't bring them to a drugstore. But restaurants and cafes, things like this, you can bring your dog in no problem. Yeah, yeah. And I know in Berlin, a lot of places also outside. Like almost just random shops always provide the little doggy bowl. True, yeah. Next to the next to the entrance, full of water, because they just expect people to have a dog. And if you're gonna leave it outside, at least the dog can. Uh, I've seen even they they provide like actually dog houses for the dog to sit. I've in. I've seen that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, we, we have talked about how well trained German dogs are. Right. So you can leave a dog there unchained to anything, and it'll be there twelve hours later. Right. I think I think it's really cool. I think it's nice, especially. Because I want a dog. I don't have a dog, but I would like to have uh, me one. Me too. I, I'd, I'd kill to have a dog. I'm not but, responsible enough for a dog. But I'm wondering how, what's happening in these behind back door, uh, behind in the in the in the behind the scenes to uh, to get these dogs so trained? Like, what kind of uh, torture or smacking or hitting <laughs> is happening? Like, like I, I want to know if, if this kind of level of training is possible. Why is it not standard everywhere else? You know what I mean? Like, what are they doing to these dogs? Yeah. What kind of medication has <laughs> been? It's, it's a good question injected? because. These dogs are incredibly well trained. And it's kind of nice too because I do want a dog, but it's nice when I'm at a restaurant, I have some food, and all of a sudden a little puppy walks in, you know. Mm. It's like, oh, how's it going? You go, and people are usually pretty friendly. Plus, it's nice to know that if you have your dog and say you randomly want to stop at a restaurant, you don't have to go, oh, got to go home, drop the dog off. You can just right. bring it in with you. And it makes it easier in your everyday gonna life. Care. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that, that's, a, that's a fun one. Sure. Very fun. Very fun. Jeff, uh, what's the next one? What would be next? So this is one that is kind of weird. So this has to do with calendars. Okay. Now in the U.S., if you look at any standard calendar, whether it be on your computer or on your, you know, smartphone or your physical calendar on the Whoa. refrigerator, yes. let's say, um, usually the first day of the week, uh, or at least the first day it shows is Sunday. And it goes Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thank you. Switch back to Sunday again. Because Sunday is the first day of the week. Ah, this is the thing that's going to bother me. Now I remember. Okay. See, because in Germany, 
the calendars start on Monday. Right. Because that is the beginning of a week is Monday and it ends on Sunday. Yeah. Now, yeah, you were telling me earlier that the week starts on Sunday. Which in the I, States, yes. No, but I lived in the States my my whole childhood, like, this is not a thing. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. The, the, the calendar starts on Sunday. The week does not start on Sunday. But in the calendar is the week. It tells you exactly what day the week starts on and no, therefore no, no. it starts it's, on it's Sunday. Not, it's just the order. they. Like, in the calendar, the first day that is shown is Sunday, but that is not the first day of the week. The Sunday is the last day of the week. The Sunday is the first day of the week. On a calendar. And a calendar is the end all be all time okay. frame okay. of the this, world this is where we differ because again I, I lived in the states for more than 20 years of my life and the first day of the week was always monday i never heard any different i so i don't know what this week starting on sunday thing is i mean the first day of the work week is a monday yeah but in germany all calendars start on monday as the first day of the week like it should be because that's more makes yeah, more sense but to me i feel it it's the same in the U.S. It's just the calendar is starting a different day. But, the, but I mean, but, I think I don't know because. But, but if, if you ask somebody, what's the first day of the week? Nobody will say Sunday. Growing up, it was always Sunday. Sunday's the first day of the week. Saturday's the last day of the week. What? Yeah, it must be a Rhode Island thing or an East Coast thing. Or, Maybe I don't know because I'm just saying. Like again, I'm not being difficult, but like in my entire growing up and all the places I'd been, nobody ever told me that Sunday was the first day of the week. So it might be an East Coast thing. I mean. I, I guess it could be. I'd love for our listeners to, to chime in here. Okay, so Jeff, I just Googled, what is the first day of the week in the USA? Sunday. But nobody believes that, though. <laughs> so it's like this. In the States, Canada, Brazil, Japan, and other countries consider Sunday as the first day of the week. And while the week, remain, and while the week begins with Saturday in much of the Middle East, the international ISO 86 zero one standard and most of europe has monday as the first day of the week so it's definitely but, it's, but i'm saying like if you ask some like if you do a poll in the u.s nobody's going to say sunday is the first day of the week sunday's the last day of you the know week. what we're going to do a poll right now everyone listening what would you who's from the states or okay. lives in the states we have to move on because we have stuff to talk about but but what's but, first day of the week let us know please okay okay this is an interesting one because in the u.s the standard form of kind of greeting is the hey how are you hey, or, how are you going? doing or, you know, you go to a McDonald's order. What do you say first? Hey, how's it going? And then you just say your order. You don't actually wait to hear an you answer. You, you, don't, you don't care how it's it, going. It's a greeting. <laughs> and same, you know, you arrive at work. You're walking down your cubicles. You see a few uh, colleagues. What do you say? Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's yeah. it, hey, Bob. Whatever. It's a standard. In Germany, not so. I found when I first moved here and I was I would walk into an office to work. It was typical for me. So I would see my the guy who owns the place. Hey, how's it going? And there'd just be this long pause and confusion. Mm -hmm. And he would just sit there and say, thank you. <laughs> and then walk away. And, then, and it happened a few times. So finally I talked to some Germans like, oh yeah, in Germany, how are you is considered too personal of a question to be asking random people. And, and usually if you do ask, how are you? It's a real question. Like, how are you? Yeah. yeah. Like, like let me tell them my weekend, man. It was rough, you know? Yeah. So obviously these people I work with realized First, they, okay, they're kind of, oh, he's asking how I am. Huh? And mm. then he realizes, oh, this is kind of an, just the American thing. And he doesn't quite know how to respond. So he yeah, just responds yeah, with, yeah. thank you. And thank uh, you. Um, so that is a huge cultural difference. I mean, you, have you experienced this as well? I, I've, I've experienced that as well. And also with what's up, like, it's so part of, you just say, hey, what's up? And usually you respond, what's up? Like, it's just, it's also just a greeting. And a lot of people will be like, hey, what's up? And they'll respond, good. <laughs> 
I never know how to respond to that because that's, that's not even the answer to the question because what's up is also totally nonsensical. Like, No, but usually what's the response in the U.S.? Oh, not much. Even if there's a lot going on. Even if even if your like, whole family was just murdered, you, what would you say? No, eh, not much. Like, or, or, or you just respond with what's up? What's yeah, up? What's up? up? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. again, it's not an actual question and answer. It, it just means like, hey. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. But yeah, yeah, that's definitely the thing for sure. Okay, so so this next one I think is really interesting. And if you are moving to Germany, I think it's important for you to know so you don't lock yourself out Absol- of your house or yeah. apartment. Because it could happen. Yes, um, and I'll explain why. Whether you live in a house or an apartment, if you leave, if you leave said house or apartment and you close the door behind you, you're not getting back in. Unless you have keys. Um, unless you have your keys. If you get your keys, you're not getting back in. If you have your keys, good for you. You've remembered yeah. your keys. But if you don't, you're not getting back in and you're going to have to call your landlord or a friend, whatever, and have to pay in the butt. And the reason is um, every door from the outside, the handle doesn't turn. It's just a handle. Yeah, it, it's, it's a solid static handle. Like whereas in the U.S., uh, maybe Germans don't know this, but if you if you grab a doorknob from, from the outside. It turns. It turns. And it'll open, so the, the the door can be closed. It's not locked, so you don't need a key, but it, it's now closed, but you turn the knob and it allows you to now open this door. Right. And I think it's super important to know because I have locked myself out before and it's a big pain in the butt. So always have your keys on you if you leave your apartment in yeah. Germany. It's honestly, it's really poor design because also what's standard in the US, say you're in your house, it's bedtime, you wanna lock your doors. You go. There's an actual uh, le- level lever that you turn, and it locks a door. In Germany, to lock your door, you have to take your physical. This is you're inside your house. Right. You take your keys. You have to take your keys, put them in the lock, turn the lock, and leave your keys in the, in the door. In, in the door. I mean, you, you, you can't take them out. No, but if there's a fire and you run for that door, that door is now locked. You, you are you absolutely dead. Yeah, and, and it's super annoying. I had. Um, let alone a lack of fire escapes in apartments here, but that's a different story. Yeah, I, I've had times where I, I I go, I leave the house, not paying attention, and I go to the store, and I don't, I don't, and I forget that my girlfriend's keys are sitting in the lock. Oh yes. So then I come back to come come home, and you can't put your keys in. Yeah, you can't put your key in, and she's in the shower, and I'm stuck outside waiting for her. So it's it's really a poor design. It, it is. Um, I, I think it's kind of nice because at night. You can kind of like close the door and then you know no one's going to really come in unless they you know try to break down your door. Uh, but at the same time, like there has been a few times, it's probably happened to you too, where you're leaving and the door is about to close and for like the split second, you're like, oh wait, my keys. And you stop the door from closing so you run in and grab your keys. Yeah. Because yeah, if you forget them, especially in an apartment and you have to go to your landlord, it costs a lot of money to get new keys. Yeah. And I don't know if to all of Germany, but in Berlin, it's like 100 euro, 150 euro, or something like that. Exactly. The only thing it's nice is if you have, say, a guest staying at your apartment and you're at work during the day. Yes. That guest can leave the apartment. You don't need to give him a separate set of keys. He can leave the apartment, just close the door and it locks. Of course, he can't get back in, but at least he can leave the apartment, go wander around, and then meet you back at right. 5 p.m. when you get home from work. Yeah, true. So, so, so that way, it's, it's kind of nice. But uh, yeah, remember, keep that in mind if you are moving here or staying here because you can't get screwed by it very easily, especially if you're one of these people who forgets their keys often. Yes. So uh, if you can, make sure a friend has got a spare uh, a spare set yes. of your keys. Or if, keep if one in your office or put it somewhere. Have a spare set somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because well, yeah, one time I locked myself out and my girlfriend was at her parents' place. Oh, God. Outside the city. Yeah. And I, and I, I went to the spade to grab something. I was like, oh my God, what do I do? 
And so I called her panicking. I was like, I cannot get into the apartment. I don't know what to do. And luckily, she had a spare set at her office. So she had to call one of her colleagues now to meet her. And she opened the office for me on a Saturday. Oh and I went to God. get the keys. Like, it was. You caused a whole thing. I caused the whole thing. And on the way there, I bought her like chocolates and a bottle of wine. Her colleague was like, Thank you so much for coming here on a Saturday. Oh, um, so yeah. That was nice, though. Don't forget your keys. Oh, man. Uh, let, let's fit in. Let's do one more. One more, Jeff. So this is an interesting one. Because if, you, if you've listened to the podcast, even to a few episodes, yeah. you'll hear that we've said, you know, Germans, especially to strangers, are not... Uh, the warmest. The warmest, the kindest, uh, the friendliest of people. But the interesting kind of... Um, it gets flipped on its head. What's the phrase? Something to the rule? The uh, Exception to the except, rule. Sorry, exception to the rule is if you go to a German doctor office <laughs> or kind of any really anywhere where there's a waiting room, but mostly the doctor Mostly office, the doctor, it's, yeah. You'll walk into the doctor office and everybody sitting waiting for their appointment in the in the waiting room will turn and say hello to you. But of course, not with any enthusiasm, but they'll say like, oh, guten, guten Tag, oh, guten Abend. Like, and, and, and it's because it's everyone who walks in, a new person who walks into the office always walks in, guten Morgen, guten Morgen. And everyone goes, guten Morgen, like in a very cult-like fashion. Same time, guten Morgen, guten yeah. Morgen, everyone together. It's so and bizarre. It, it sounds super nice because it is. But again, if you consider how Germans are, it, it's such a forced, weird thing. And I don't know why it happens there. And, and this, and fr- this friendly, yeah, it's not spread anywhere else, but it's weird. So if you walk into a German doctor office and people look up at you and either they'll be waiting for you to say, uh, guten Morgen, or they will say it to you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a strange occurrence. It is really weird. I don't say it very often because I, I, I don't go to the doctor very often. But when I do, I forget. And then I go in, everyone looks at me, and I just sit down. And I'm like, I'm just going to go go on my phone and wait for my name to get called. And then the next person walks in, Guten Morgen, Guten Tag. And I'm like, oh, man, now, now, I I, like now I'm the asshole. Because <laughs> yeah. again, for any German listening, in a standard U.S. Uh, waiting room at a doctor's office like nobody you don't talk because it's just 20 people it's strangers what like you go in you 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 say <laughs> you go in you tell the the nurse oh hey i'm this is my name this is when i put and then you go yeah. sit down you don't say hi to people or yeah or, why, why would i i'm sick keep your mouth closed yeah it's bizarre yeah but here's one last one that uh okay bathroom we, related so we, yeah we, stay we, tuned yeah we 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 can't do one of these uh list episodes without something having to do with the bathroom and we always find new bathroom-related things to talk about. It's bizarre. But here's another one. And this is the plunger versus the toilet brush. Ooh, the... The battle of the century. Age-old, yeah, question. So what this means is uh, most American bathrooms, next to a toilet, you have a plunger. Which, I don't know what that says about American... Or do we make horrible toilets that are always getting clogged, or what's the deal? Well, I've... I've never clogged a toilet in Germany and I've clogged many a toilets in the States. So Yeah, but but yeah, it's in growing up in every bathroom in my house next to the toilet, visible is so a plunger. Is a plunger. The good classic uh wooden handle pink ish suction cup. No mine are all black. Really? Yeah. Oh. I with a classic in a wooden handle with the pink suction cup at the bottom. The classic, no, it's plunger. The classic wooden handle with the black suction suction cup at the bottom. Oh, okay. You people in the East Coast, man. <laughs> Who knows what's going on? Fucking bubblers and picks and plungers. And All right. What else is going Anyways, on? yeah, you're right. But, but, but what's next to every toilet in Germany? Is a toilet brush. And no plunger to be seen anywhere. Right. And like I said, I don't think German toilets have the ability to clog. They just don't. I mean, I think they do. 
I mean, I think, I think if you set your mind to it, you can clog any toilet. <laughs> Maybe because it's not. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could. I've never seen it happen because there's also no. Um, we've talked about this before. There's no tanks. The tanks are in the walls. But so there is tanks. There are, but they're in the walls. So you can't even like like. I remember we used to always have to mess with our tank all the time at home. Oh yeah, in the states. Um, but here are the tanks are in the walls, and I guess they just don't clog very often, and because they flush differently, I don't know. But because of the little water and the way they flush. You might have a few uh, a few little marks in that toilet. Yeah, there's, there, there's often uh, a memorial to whatever you <laughs> put into the toilet. Whereas in the states, you don't have that as often because, because there's so much water. So much water. Because yeah, I mean, it was so rare that I would see a toilet brush next to a toilet in the U.S. But here, that is the standard. It's thing. a standard. Yeah, no plungers, just a brush. Yeah, and, my, and, and, and this doesn't say that every time you you know you do a number two, you're gonna be making no, no, no. I mean, in the stains U.S. everywhere. No, and, and plus in the U.S. like every time I visit for Christmas, I never once plug any toilets. So exactly. like, it's not like they're, they can't handle. But stuff. it happens more often that American toilets probably clog and German toilets, toilets have a little bit of a little bit of residue. But it's, a, fu- it's a funny culture difference. Cause when my, um, my girlfriend visited the U S for the first time and she was at my, uh, uh, mom's house. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently again, she was, uh, she, she had left, you know, some remembrances. <laughs> On the porcelain. Hate you for saying this, <laughs> dude. Oh my and she, and she was scrambling looking for the toilet brush, you know, because it's embarrassing, right? So she's looking for the she's looking for the toilet brush, and there's and there's just this plunger, and she's like, "What the frick is this? This isn't going to help," you know what I mean? And she's like, and she, she had to scramble around looking for a toilet brush, and uh, but but no, it's good to bring up because these are the battles we all fight in the bathroom, <laughs> and if you're German and you go to the U.S. Just be aware. Be aware. There, there might not be a brush. There might be no so toilet brush. Think of Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I'm leaving. I'm not even cutting that. I'm leaving it in. All right. This this episode ended on a fun note. Let's have a whiskey, Jeff. <laughs> Let's do it now. Again, we both have mini bottles, so now we're gonna pour the the rest, the, the, the splash, <laughs> which is a pathetic amount. Uh, again, this is. <clears throat> let me get my. Uh, I need some spectacles so I can see better. Some second sentence. Where are my bifocals? Um, Paul John Indian single malt whiskey, peated select cast, non chilled filtered. Pro- oh God, produce, not product, produce of Goa, India, 55. Oh, Goa, 0.5%. beautiful place. I've been there. Have you? Yes. Oh, nice. Tropical, beautiful place. Wait. Did you already pour it? No. Okay, let's do it. Uh, three, two, one, then pour. Okay. Okay. Here we go. We're gonna get a nice uh, sound bite here. Ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> that was a pathetic sound bite. It wasn't worth it at all. But oh my gosh, it's so, so, it, it's so little that I can barely. That if I hold my thing level, I can barely tell that there's. If you look from above, like I can't tell that there's any whiskey. Our glass look empty. Cheers. Mm, let's see what's going on. Again, thank you guys so much for the donations. We're getting a big bottle next time. I think. Yeah. It's it, it's it's still strong, but I like it. I like it. It's good. It is. It's definitely not a um, definitely not. I would say like a beginner's whiskey or a whiskey you're gonna have every day because it it is. It is or is not a beginner's whiskey. It is not. Okay. Oh, because it's, of the strength. Because of strength, it's ninety seven proof. Like that's that's hard stuff. But it it it's, uh, clears the sinuses. I like it. Yeah, it's, and, it's and good. It, it's good flavor too. And it has this. I mean, to me, it, because of the peat and the that smokiness, it, it definitely is a. Uh, for me, it tastes like um, a really strong scotch. Hmm. But where do the ratings come on this? I don't know. 
like other whiskeys, I'm I'm much more in tune. This one, I don't know. Yeah, the thing is, is also like I like it, but I'm not gonna drink it all the time. But I would, if I had the big bottle, I'd be happy to have it on my shelf. It's like kind of a special kind of cool whiskey, like a little yeah. like a novelty kind of whiskey. Yeah, where it's like, hey, you want something stronger? Let's go with some uh, some Paul John. And it's not just stronger via alcohol content. It's it's got a like a strong. It's got a burn. burn. It's got a real burn. Yeah, like it's again, it's it's a flavor that slaps you in the face. So, but, but I, it's a good flavor. A number's not slapping me in the face. That's the problem. I'm gonna go with a. This is for um, for your mom, Jeff. I'm gonna go with a solid eight point zero. Hmm. I was. I, I, yeah, I kind of thought of eight, but I was wondering if that was too much. I don't know. No, you know what? Yeah, if that's my instant, I'm gonna go with the, the gut. Yeah, I'm just, uh, it's an eight. Let's go. I mean, considering our ratings are is not even a one to ten rating; it's yeah. a five to ten rating because you've never done anything below five. Well, because do below five, you really have to scrape the bottom of the barrel. I mean, that's like a two hard whiskey. That, I, I think that's a Lidl or an Aldi whiskey. I, I think we have given some whiskeys that should have been below five a five. Yeah, because I think maybe we felt bad or something. I think yeah. we felt bad. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, this one it's tasty. What else can I say? It's tasty. I like it. Um, yeah, it's an eight. Okay. It's an eight. All right. Good burn. Good flavor, tasty, excellent. Indian too, which is also really cool. So yeah, and since we skipped all the um, socias and stuff earlier, yes. maybe you can throw it on throw it on them now. I'll throw it on right now. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, if you want to find us on Instagram, we're at americans.in.germany.podcast. We have a YouTube channel. You can Google us or YouTube us there. Um, and, and our website, which we update often with the whiskey bottles, with some news, with some extras. We work really hard on these whiskey photos, so yeah. check those out. It has our reviews on there, a little uh, a little blurb what we said about the picture of the whiskey, uh, and also all of our links are down there as well, and that is agdwpodcast.com. And we're pretty much on um, anywhere podcasts are offered, we are offered, So, um, and again, why even mention it? Because if you're listening right now, you have found us. So yeah, I find it bizarre to mention on the podcast. So like, just enjoy. You're here already. Just enjoy listening. But just, you know, just in case maybe. If you want to switch platforms. Maybe you found us on a random thing and you're like, oh man, wish we wish wish they were on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We are. Guess so. what? We are. We're also on our own website. You just go to our website. All the episodes right there. True. Again, there's just too many options. There's to not so many listen. options, Jeff. Too many options. Like, if you're not listening, what are you doing? Um, but you know, this is the official end of this podcast. It's been fun. We've got some mini bottles. Wait, it's not the end of the podcast. It's the end of the episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you just freaked me out. This is the official end of this episode. We had some fun. We had some nice little mini bottles. Yes. And we hit up the cultural differences after a year. Yeah, it was it, it was fun doing them again. And honestly, I'm kind of noticing this is 55.5 percent. And this little guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Now, Thank you guys. as always, stay safe and uh, stay thirsty, everybody. Excellent. And again, we love you. I think we have to cheers with our, our beer bottles. Cause yeah, because you're not Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>
the thing the thing I'm about to explain, tell me what what I've explained. <laughs> I forget, dude. This is a while ago. You gotta put this in the bloopers. Man. That's so good. Uh, America starts on Sunday. Germany starts on Monday. Uh, excellent. Okay. 